we're gonna get funky. 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 Everybody clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap your hands. Alright now, we're gonna do the basic step. To the left. Take it back now, y'all. One hop this time. Right foot, left stump. Left foot, left stump. Cha-cha, real smooth. Turn it out. Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Netflix's You Are So Not Invited to My Bot Mitzvah. Joining me today, she just got finished raging at a DJ Shmuley party. It's our Adam Sandler correspondent, Lissa Koshbakti. Lissa, how's it going? That's the best intro. Thanks for having me back again, <laughs> And also joining us, she's getting a Twizzler station at the next party she hosts. It's our Jewish Gathering movie correspondent, Denise Ackerman. Denise, how's it going? Good. I'm so happy to be back with Lissa to be talking about another Jewish movie. What's happening? Man? I know third straight year that uh, Lissa has, or <laughs> third straight year that Denise has joined for a movie about that, that is at least somewhat about Jewish gatherings. In 2021, it was Shiva Baby, and last year it was Cha Cha Real Smooth. Now it's you are so not invited to my bot mitzvah, which is the newest movie that Adam Sandler has produced for Netflix. Uh, he, you know, he's really as far as the Happy Madison productions, he's exclusively done them for Netflix for several years now. Most of them are bad, from what I've told. From what I've been told, I don't think I've watched any of them except for Hubie Halloween, which I don't know. Did we do a podcast on Hubie Halloween, Lisa, or did we just do some other Adam Sandler movies uh, a couple years ago? I don't know. Um, I think we talked about Hubie Halloween. I forgot about that. I, I, I don't know if we did a podcast really on it or if like Daniel just, Daniel just really wanted me to watch it. Or did we do a podcast on that and Billy Madison at the same time? I meant to look that up, but I know we did Billy Madison and the three of us did The Wedding Singer. Um, so I was going to say the three of us did the wedding singer. Yes. So, so, but the thing, the problem, the thing is like, you know, for some time now, uh, Adam Sandler, honestly, not, I say this totally genuinely can be one of the best actors of the world when he feels like doing it. You know, he, it's just, it's not often in his own stuff. Those are not often the best quality movies to put it nicely these days. And, um, they're just, you know, a whole like just different class of movie on Netflix from when he works with other people. What's interesting about you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah is it is produced by him and Tim Harrowy, who is a very uh, frequent collaborator of his, but it's adapted from a book written by, uh, Fiona Rosenblum and written by a writer named the the script is written by someone named Alice. Impact. It, the movie is directed by Sammy Cohen, who made her feature debut last year at the movie that you can watch on Hulu called Crush, which was a, a pretty solid movie. I watched it yesterday. So Adam Sandler is still producing it, but brought in a lot of other talent, most notably cast his daughter, Sonny Sandler, as the lead of this movie. She plays uh, Stacy Friedman, who is a young girl who is getting ready for her bat mitzvah and uh, is on the bat mitzvah circuit, as we talked about that, bat, that bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah circuit last year in Cha-Cha Real Smooth. It's a big thing. This movie is set, I believe, in Jersey, from what I could tell. I, th- I think I glimpsed their license plate at one point. They were very vague about that, but I think it's supposed to be set in, like, you know, North Jersey, outside of New York, where obviously a lot of Jews there. Uh, Adam Sandler plays her father. His name is Danny. He has cast Adina Menzel as Bree, his wife and the mother of Sonny. Uh, Adina Menzel also played his wife in Uncut Gems. So a little bit of a kind of a funny thing where they reconnect there. Also, uh, his other daughter, Sadie Sandler, plays uh, the older of the two children, Ronnie, who's like 16. So she's already kind of been through that whole stage of life that Sonny is going through. Uh, uh, that's, excuse me, that Stacy is going through. Stacy's best friend, Lydia Rodriguez-Katz, is played by Samantha Lorraine. They are very excited to go through life and the whole bat mitzvah together and plan their perfect bat mitzvahs. Lydia is going to write 
Stacy's uh, speech while St- Stacy is going to do Lydia's entrance video. They have it all planned out, uh, and they have their own, uh, you know, solid group of friends. But you know, as once as sometimes happens with you know girls of that age, you know, things can come in between you each other, like boys and different kind of friend groups and click stuff, and all of that kind of clashes and leads to a culmination of uh, Lydia and Stacy having a split and Lydia getting uninvited from Stacy's bot mitzvah as they clash over, like I said, the aforementioned boys and friend groups and all of those different things, specifically a boy named Andy Goldfarb. I'm very curious to get y'all's thoughts on Andy in a little while. Uh, but I, I, I want to take a step back for a second. Listen, I'm going to actually start with you because I got, uh, I talked to Denise a lot last year about the bar and bot mitzvah circuit. And I'm curious, you, you yeah. grew up in Stewart, Florida, uh, which is, you know, not exactly the Jewish hotbed if we're talking about South Florida, but there is at least one synagogue there. I don't know if you know this. I drove by it when I was driving around Stewart for work a couple months ago between between pub- between Publixes, where I often have to just, you know, takes me around. I, I go to all the South Florida and Publixes for work mainly, and I all of a sudden was like, what? There's a synagogue in Stewart? And I do yeah. have a friend down here from Stewart who is Jewish, but I just, for all, I, you, if you had told me he drove to Jupiter for synagogue, I would have I would have believed you. I just didn't know they had synagogues in Stewart. So I'm wondering, Lisa, uh, as someone that is a Gentile, from a, a county that doesn't have a lot of Jews. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, have you been to a bat mitzvah? What are your reference points aside from talking to Jewish friends about them coming into this movie? And uh, what were kind of your thoughts on this world as you were about to watch a movie like this? And obviously you're a big fan of Adam Sandler. You're not like ignorant yeah. of Jewish culture, but I'm talking like bar and bat mitzvah in this kind of uh, social setting in particular. Yeah, well, I'm grateful to be on the podcast with mm-hmm. two of my favorite Jewish people first You're and foremost. Honorary Drew. You've been, <laughs> you've, been, you've been christened by both Denise and I. It's okay. Thank you. No, that means so much. No, this is actually a sore question for me because I grew up with a lot of Jewish friends. Really? <laughs> Not to sound like a Republican, like trying to prove that I have like <laughs> friends, but I grew up with a lot of Jewish friends. But for some reason, I wasn't like best friends with those people around that age and mm-hmm. so I never have actually been to a bar bat mitzvah and I think I asked my Jewish friends I'm like why did you never invite me then but we weren't like best friends so I never got invited but everyone came back you guys like everyone came back from these these um bar and bat mitzvahs with the graffiti shirts and like the so-and-so's like whatever hats and I'm like yo like I want that merch so bad. So I would just hear these crazy parties happen. But unfortunately, I have never been to one. But I hope now when I get older and have kids, like I get to go to. Well, the like, thing is, if, if, you, if, you, if you like stay in Los Angeles <laughs> and you have kids, yeah, you're going to so go to so you, you just need to become friends with those kids, parents. And you're going to go you're going to make up for all that lost time. You're going to go to more than I ever went to growing up, as I yeah. talked about. On the Cha Cha Real Smooth podcast, I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, in a Sunday school class of like six, and I don't even know if I was friends with all of those kids. So I can maybe, I, I mean, I have other cousins and stuff. So I went to like their 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 bar and bat mitzvahs, but like I just like I, around this age, I maybe went to like five or six or something like that. Not that many. And like right. people that aren't Jewish that grew up in South Florida or New York or LA have been to far more bar and bat mitzvahs than I have ever been to. So I'm a little jealous too, in a different way though. I remember like when I talked to Denise, Denise, you made it seem like you were, you didn't get invited to a lot of them either. When we talked about this last year. No, Alyssa, just keep in mind. I was too uncool. I went to school (laughs) with a lot of bar and bar mitzvahs. Look at us now. I promise. (laughs) I look at us now. So I, it made up for it because I, you know, have this like sparkling personality and I had to, after being so uncool, but the truth was, it was like, if you like the really popular kids had this whole thing of like you like they wouldn't invite like certain people, whereas like the really nice kids would invite you to their bat mitzvah or their bar mitzvah. So like everybody would be invited. So of course you would go. These would be kind of blowout like, you know, uh, 
imagine like 2008, 2009 type of music dumping, you know, Coke or Pepsi, Shirley Temple open bars, which I didn't see in really the movie and that really annoyed though? me. There were candy bars. I mean, it depended on the theme too. So it was oh, like, okay. but like if you, the whole purpose was that, as you said, like the next week, people would be showing up in the sweatshirts, like, and yes. if you didn't have the sweatshirt, you weren't invited. You were persona non grata. So I have to say that like, I, I grew up around that area, like around so many like bar and bar mitzvahs happening, but I only went to a handful outside of like family events, which I definitely went to those. It was like, my, my classmates were just like, yeah, you know, if you're cool, we'll invite you. But if you're not, then you're SOL, I guess. Oh man, that is harsh. So, I mean, it's, uh, that's a, that's a different kind of outcast than the way that Lydia is uh, outcast in this movie from, exactly. uh, from, from, from the bat mitzvah that we are building towards. Let me ask about the movie now, Lisa, as uh, again, as someone that, you know, has always uh, aspired to be invited to a bat mitzvah. Uh, what, what did you, th- what did you think about how, what did you think about the world created by this movie and did you enjoy it? Yeah, I actually, okay, I know we both all have been holding back from saying if we, like, what mm-hmm. we felt about it, but I want to let you guys know live on the pod that I actually really enjoyed it. A lot of, if you look at Letterboxd, like, a lot of the reviews are like, this was really cute. I think people are kind of shocked by this, and I think I was too, because this film actually felt really real for me, although I will say, not like I related to it, because I don't feel 14 anymore, unfortunately, unfortunately, but I felt like I was living in that world for so long. And I know, obviously, this film has a lot of nepotism in it. But for some reason, it's like when other people do it, I'm like, cancel them, like nepotism sucks. But when Adam Sandler does it, I'm like, yes, we have to support like this family business, you know, like get everyone involved. So I think for that reason, and honestly, his kids not being like the best of the best actors actually made it feel more real for me, which is why I really liked it. Okay. I, I have a thought on that. I'm going to hold for a second. Uh, Denise, what did you think about You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah? Yeah. I, so I should say, I actually have a weird, I remember you're so not invited to my book. Oh, yeah, you read the book, the right? Book. No, I had like, I had seen the book. I had actually never uh, read the book. Actually, I might have read the book and I don't remember that. When, but when I, I, te- I, when I texted like, you guys about doing the pod, you said I read the book. So then I did. Okay. okay. So I did read the book. Well, that's know, not that much of an impression. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute because uh, it was kind of fresh to me, but I think ultimately like I, to that end, I think we were, we'll probably touch it sort of tangentially, mm-hmm. but like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Those are the types of things that I would read as a kid and, and like coming of age. And like the fact that there were these like bat mitzvah adjacent types of, of stories. And obviously this one was, was really solely about bat mitzvahs and not inviting your friends to them and, and, and coming of age. It was like, like I, I was pleasantly surprised as, mm. as Lissa said, like, I think um, okay, is it eighth grade? Maybe not, but it's it's actually like a really solid film depicting, I think, Jewish coming of age pretty well. And to that end, like, yeah, you know, Adam Sandler cast both his daughters, but I thought they, to, to Alyssa's point, they're very fresh. Like their fresh faces are not the best of the best, but it gives that sort of sense of realism that I really like. I thought Stacey as a character was really believable. Like I felt yeah. like I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say, so like I was getting at earlier when I was talking about the happy Ma- recent years of Happy Madison, like that's, if nothing else, why, why anyone should have come in with tempered expectations and then like, oh, we cast the kids in them. But I didn't know because I don't watch a lot of these other Adam Sandler movies for Netflix as much as I love the guy. I just, you know, like, I got, I got I, I too little time on my hands to like waste my time doing stuff, like watching 
but movies that like by all accounts are bad. He's been casting the, like he's been casting Sadie and Sonny in this stuff for years, apparently. And I did in like small roles, though. Uh, yeah. Like if you go back and go, go, go click on like their IMDb's, they've been in all of his stuff, like dating, like going back like almost 10 years, like but like extras, like they weren't like the main kids and grownups from what I understand, but they are like in grownups and they are in a lot of the other recent Netflix stuff, but just in much smaller roles. And I think uh, and I, I think uh like where was where's the other one where uh one of them popped up i don't know like one of them popped up in one that like i definitely did watch or maybe yeah, yeah i know i know i watched tv halloween and like uh one of them was like definitely in there so like they've been in stuff but this is just like a huge risk like it, they, they're bringing actually like other outside talent into this thing to like actually write and direct it and be like yep here you, you, you gotta have my kids in in two of the three like two of the four main kid roles basically and one is basically in almost every single scene of the movie and mm-hmm. I, I and i actually thought like sunny was like really really good uh, you know, like the, 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 the writing was a little funnier for, um, for, uh, for, uh, Sadie's character, Ronnie, yeah. like as the older sister, like it's, it's a cute gag where her and her friend are just watching horror movies at bat mitzvahs and it's telling off the boys that are trying to talk to them. Like I got a kick out of that, but like, you know, she, she's there for that like, that part was so real. Just telling guys <laughs> I've already watched it. I did that. <laughs> I yeah. told like every guy I've watched Blade Runner, and I don't think I've still seen it yet. No, so. same. And, g- and giggling afterwards and after giggling she says. sent them away. <laughs> Here's the thing: Blade Runner 2049 better than Blade Runner. So if you saw Blade Runner 2049, I think you've seen the better of the two. Uh, yes, good but, to know. <laughs> uh, but but I but like I so I actually just like I didn't really I I, I just feel like I almost didn't get to see enough to comment on on Sadie as an actor. But like I thought Sonny was pretty incredible actually, and it was like, I was just kind of like really shocked because you just don't expect that when someone is like the, the nepo baby and like here's the thing about nepo babies if they're good it's cool you know uh yeah, it's it, fine. It, 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 <laughs> as long as long as they're not shitty people and like i don't think yeah I, I think he's kept his daughters pretty like hidden from the public aside from these small roles in his movies so we don't know if they're bad people she's also 13 like she, she's actually like the age of someone would be at a bot, a, a bot mitzvah which is cool because you know sometimes they have kids that are like older playing you know kids that are younger but these are all kids that are about that age so i thought that was really cool and i just i i really liked it too i think like you guys are talking about you've both already referenced eighth grade i think uh or at least, at least uh, denise did and you can't help but think about that i've watched are you there goddess me market three times now it's my favorite movie <laughs> of the year I think those movies are special in a way that maybe this one is not, but this one is still incredibly enjoyable and really, really good. And I think one thing it does like really well, which I think you guys might agree with, especially as girls who have actually been this age, as opposed to me, I'm just a guy that did have a bar mitzvah, but was never a teenage girl. Uh, look, and I think this is something both eighth grade and are you there? It's God. Are you there? God has been Margaret do really well. It's like, look, it makes the stakes seem really real and doesn't look, look down upon it's, it's, it's teenage girl characters for like thinking a lot of these problems are bigger than they might actually be. And like, you know, something like, you know, and are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Like, oh, uh, are you going to get to go on this visit to see your grandma, which is a plot point in that movie? Or, oh, are, are you going to be in the secret club with these girls that like, you know, uh, have, have these arbitrary rules? And uh, are you going to have a fight with that girl? Like, not the end of the world if you have like a, a, a fight here with a girl or, or whatever. But like here, it's like even more ridiculous. Like, do you get to have a blowout bat mitzvah? And who's going to be at it? Like, it's not like life or death stuff, but like the movies like take the stake seriously for the characters that they are. And at the same time, they're like really funny. And I think that's the most important thing. It's like the movie is allowed to be fun. And at the same time, like they have some like really serious moments. And I think and that that like actually land because it just it takes its character seriously and doesn't look down upon them. And I think that's something that this movie does really get right. And I think that's why Adam and who knows if Adam Sandler just had one of his pals direct this, which I think is the case for a lot of other Netflix movies. Maybe that tone wouldn't be captured so well. Uh, but he brought in like an uh, an outside uh, director. I who uh, was, I th- I think I said their name. It's uh it's, it's Sammy Cohen who want to make sure I'm not tripping over my words. Identifies as non-binary, and they 
they they did this movie last year in uh, Crush, which is about like queer girls in high school. And at this point, Sammy then said, "I want to do something for the Jewish girls because Sammy's that 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 was basically." their childhood and uh, Sammy Cohen, obviously Jewish person. So smart of Adam Sandler to go identify someone that like can actually probably capture that as opposed to it is one of his happy, happy Madison's staple of directors and which, you know, more power to him. He's earned the right to make whatever he wants to make. But I think he saw that he had some subject matter here that like really deserved like the gold standard treatment and actually going in and really paying attention to the collaborators. And I think it really paid off. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm actually going through the, um, that was a good point to bring up though, Josh, because I'm going through yeah. the happy Madison productions mm-hmm. and I think Sammy is, is the only is the first non-male director if i'm looking at it correctly that sandler's had for his productions that's super interesting yeah and he's powerful enough he could have made this movie uh just with one of his guys doing it and it probably wouldn't have been as good so uh kudos to him for like recognizing that and like bringing in bringing in the correct collaborators uh uh denise what 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 did you what did what did you really like about like seeing 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 this school which i didn't realize at the time maybe you knew people growing up again i didn't grow up near this i i I, as i was listening to another podcast today apparently it's a jewish day school and i spent a lot of the time like being really confused thinking they were like going to synagogue after school or something like that and i was like and it was you know it's another interesting thing and like i would again i would not know this because i just grew up in a very white area like oh there's a lot of non-white characters that are just go to this school or and at the same time and for a second i was like wait are they in like first of all that like or I, maybe i heard maybe the person was speculating wrong on a podcast because they say during the movie that the mateo character is not jewish so maybe that's not a jewish day school and they're just spending a lot of time at their synagogue i don't know either way like i do feel like it feels like a pretty uh a, pr- a pretty self-contained world that like at least works for the purpose of this movie where you get really get a sense of who everyone is what did you think of like this cast of characters denise and like how you kind of like how they kind of dropped you into this particular teenage girl's world yeah i think those are all really really good points and i think it it left me thinking as well like there are so many in south florida you know growing up there are quite a few jewish day schools you have uh hillel you have um i only really know like donna klein and whatever that other one is david posnack yeah yeah i knew people went to posnack so i think it's like i i was under the impression that this was like a Hebrew school that gave like bot and bar mitzvah instruction. And that's why they were spending all their time because they had to mm-hmm. learn their Parsha, their Torah Parsha. So maybe I'm wrong, but um, I think Mateo just became really good friends with Andy because he had come from, I want to say he was from Honduras maybe, or like Uruguay Ecuador. or something, Ecuador. Thanks. Yes. Forgot about that. Sorry. Yes, I'm so sorry, to, Mateo. He, You're from yeah, Ecuador. Yeah. You're the only one here that's allowed to mess up Denise. Though. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that guys, but he's from Ecuador and I think he just started feeling an affinity to Jewish culture. And I think that can often be very true. It's like people that I know who have grown up in very Jewish areas. Like I knew people when I lived in Chicago who went to schools that were public, but had like a very high Jewish population. They did the bar bat mitzvah circuit. They, they became kind of like proto Jewish in a way because they uh, just by virtue of going over for like, Jewish New Year celebrations to their friends' houses and things. And I think that can often happen when you're in um, an area that has like a, a high Jewish population or a high Muslim population or high, like, I think those are just like kind of the miasma of culture that ends up uh, sort of affecting you, which is really interesting. I always went to public school. I think I went to Jewish day school for kindergarten or something, but I always went to public school. So I grew up kind of being one of 
like a handful of Jewish people at, at mm-hmm. schools, except for middle school, which by middle school, um, even though it was public, it had a pretty high Jewish population. But, but I think what I really liked is that there's so much of Jewish culture that like, just by virtue of it's it's not just cultural, there's a spirituality to this film that I really like. We learn about certain aspects of, of um, you know, the Torah and, and the Holy Book and what are, what are sort of Jewish theological things that affect your sort of development as an adult, as we're mm. defining Jewish adulthood as being, you know, when a, when a girl turns 12 or 13 um, and or a boy turns 12 or 13, he comes before God and reads his Parsha. I think those were things that like, if you're not very well acquainted with it, um, you'll learn something from this film. So I, qu- I quite like that. And I think the truth is, it's like, Jewish there's not sort of one way to define what a Jewish person is sometimes you have one parent who's Jewish or a parent who converted or you have two parents who are Jewish but they uh they come from you know Iran or they come from Latin America like I think people are starting to realize that it's maybe not just one way uh of defining what Judaism looks like especially in in uh in the U.S. and I'll, I'll I I won't make this like a total thesis I promise but I think you know I growing up went to orthodox services um, because in Latin America typically you only have like orthodox synagogues so that means men and women sit separately Um, there's just a very strict kind of thing like women typically when you have your bat mitzvah you don't read from the Torah I didn't we had like a my, my sister and I had a joint bat mitzvah that was like like adam sandler's character says the theme was being jewish that was it um but at the same time like i feel like i constantly am learning more about reform judaism and it seemed like you know having a female rabbi that's a tenet of reform judaism and i feel like that's something really interesting that like even i'm learning as an adult and like meeting friends of mine and acquaintances of mine who grew up in reform judaism in some way and i think it's really important that you show like that there are these very inclusive synagogues where you have one parent who's Jewish or two or like someone who's curious about Judaism and you see these type of characters interacting with each other in this film because I think it's very true to life to Judaism in 2023 you know so um, I think ultimately in terms of like its connection to faith I think this film does it really well in that kind of like are you there God it's me Margaret where it's like hey God are you there like here's what's happening. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm at the end of the day, like I'm reading this Parsha. It's supposed to be meaningful, but I'm a 12 year old girl or a 13 year old girl and popularity matters to me. And I have a crush on this boy. Like, I think it handles these themes like pretty well in, in that like Judy Bloom-esque way. So needless to say, I think it, it, it starts to like get to like these themes of, of adulthood and balancing faith and being a young girl, like on the brink of teenage dumb really well. But yeah, so when I, when I suggested that you watch Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, I, I, it was before I rewatched uh, You Were So Not Invited by Bob Mitzvah, and I rewatched, I was like, I'd forgotten that she's just like talking to God. And it's just like a funny thing that kids might definitely do that like, well, have this like this love-hate religion with religion, a re- yeah. love-hate relationship with religion and like or just she's just telling her parents like she doesn't even care about this stuff and the only important thing about this is the party but at the same time uh <laughs> she, she will still talk to god which is like a in theory like a lot of times it's like only maybe really religious people actually genuinely talk to god but a kid might do it if they think god can just give him something uh so it's it, that's, it, that's really interesting and i and i i really appreciate uh 
you sharing your thoughts with respect to how the movie handled religion, Denise, and that it that it worked for you on that level. And I'm curious, Lissa, as someone who, as we've established, had never been to a bat mitzvah before this, I'm wondering, that's, look, it gets a lot of very specific things right about Judaism and uh, American Jewish culture amongst like people of that age, as Denise has kind of touched on. So I'm wondering, you as someone that's going into this as a Gentile, I'm wondering, was it, did, did all of that, did, every, did everything it did right that Denise just talked about, did, it, did that work for you in such a way where it just like actually really just like put you in that particular place such that you like felt like you knew where you were because it conveyed all of that detail so well or or rather did you ever just kind of feel lost because you're just someone that doesn't know a lot of this stuff maybe yeah that's actually a really good question because I was thinking about this as I was watching the film so for me the film felt really good I did have a few questions the same as you Josh I'm happy that you asked that about because mm-hmm. I was like are they at some sort of like yeah I didn't even know that of like Sunday school or is there is it like a private Jewish school? And there's so much diversity. This is amazing. Right. No, yeah. Cause there are like, I mean, like I, heck, even in Pensacola, Florida, there were, there are a couple of uh, black Jews in our congregation, but at the same time, I'm like, this is kind of strange in this movie where it's like, like people of every single race and ethnicity and background are in this Sunday school class. I was kind of confused. Cause again, yeah, like, I grew up in a very cool. different, I grew up, I grew up in a not so diverse area. Exactly. Like being, we're all from Florida. So I was like being from Florida, I guess we don't see that much diversity per se. So I was like confused as if, but I, my thing was like, I didn't know if this was regular school or not, because we never saw them going to like math class or English. So I, I was confused in that capacity, I mm-hmm. guess I will. But yeah. in terms of like the like, sense of their community. Yeah, it's yeah, there's a community. But in terms of the like Jewish representation, for me, I resonated with it because growing up, I went to Sunday school. I was like top of my class not the humble brag but so I felt the need of like you know when we prepped for communion because we 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 did communion at like 13 or 14 and so we had to know like the lord's prayer and all that bs I'm not going to get into it because I'm not a Christian anymore but um I felt resonated because I remember like having a crush on this guy at my Sunday school and like wanting to impress him by knowing this prayer or whatever so I think that part of it really (laughs) felt relative for me so I wasn't lost in any capacity besides like um like what we're at school but also for me like loving SNL to see uh Sarah as the rabbi was Mm -hmm. incredible I love the breath of like fresh (laughs) funny she she is so bizarre with most of her characters on SNL and she's funny but it's like I thought like if if you brought exactly the same energy as an SNL into this it might have felt a little too wacky for how grounded the rest of the movie is and I thought she was really great I was going to say like you, cause she does this type of comedy. That's like, it's called like body horror or body. Like it's like more physical comedy mm-hmm. and it's a little bit more wacky. So, Oh, I also want to make sure am I saying her? I want to make sure I'm Sarah Sherman. Yeah. Sherman. I want to make sure. Her is it Sherman? Is it? Yeah. Is that the- I, I was thinking of Sarah squirm too, Lisa. Cause I follow her on Instagram and I was like, Sarah I'm going to say Sarah squirm. Yes. Wait, I just uh... want to make sure. <laughs> you know, I Sarah think- Sherman. And that's just like her like social media handles. So okay. no, no, actually says professionally known as Sarah squirm on her, uh, on her, yeah. uh, on her, on her Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah okay. So Sarah squirm, totally Sarah Sherman, either, either one is correct. Okay. Sorry. Okay, good. But no, I was just saying, I love her because you would think that her type of comedy might not work, but it was, it was just like leveled perfectly in the film. Like when mm-hmm. she sang the song, like God is random. I was crying because those questions are so real. When the first kid was like, if God is real, like, why is there why can't you think real question? And then when she broke into God is random, I was like, that is the perfect response. And, you know, no matter what culture, for some reason you're in, there's always like some guy with the guitar, like trying to play a song. Like we had the youth pastors always playing like Christian rock for some reason. So it, that part resonated too, but overall I wasn't confused in any capacity. And I kind of liked the way, 
like I know everyone keeps calling it like a Jewish eighth grade. And I know a lot of the focus was um, like Judaism, but it didn't feel it in a way that it was forceful, if that makes sense. Like I just felt like it was a layer of the film that I was enjoying. And to Denise's point, like the spirituality of becoming a woman and, you know, actually doing good things. Cause when you're that young, you kind of don't know the capacity of what's good, what's bad, but having to learn it is a really hard route. So to kind of interlay that with learning more about your own faith and culture, they did actually a really good job. So that's why I'm, like, I'm just kind of shocked at this film because all the layers really came into this like beautiful cake. That was the film. Yeah, no, I think it did a lot of that stuff, uh, did a lot of that stuff really well. And that like, you know, even if you're not a Jewish person, you can kind of understand just like how these kids are interacting and how they feel about religion. It doesn't have to be your yeah. religion to see how their relationship with it as you're going through a movie and just how they might treat it. Like I, I remember growing up, like my Sunday school, like was every, you know, Sunday from like nine to noon or something like that. And like we're in central time and like NFL football starts at noon central one Eastern. And like, it was a thing where my brother and I, when we, once we got really into football, like we were so mad that we had to go to Sunday school and we always had to miss like the first 20 to 30 minutes of the Eagles game every Sunday. Cause we were at Sunday school, but it wasn't like we hated being Jewish. You just had your, you just had, you just had priorities and you had shit going on in your life that seemed a lot more important up until like, you really wanted to like get your bar mitzvah right. You know? And oh, like you, you, you can just relate to like being a kid at that age and having those kind of priorities with in that kind of like casual uh, relationship with religion where, when it's there for you at different times when you want it or when you just don't want it. And I thought and anyone can relate to that this in that movie of any religion because they they, they just kind of get the kids attitudes uh, generally right, in my opinion. Exactly. Just being a kid and being silly. Like I remember when I started to have crushes on guys at church, it'd be like, mom, can I wear this dress to church? And can I wear like a heel? You know, it's like you're a kid, right? So like your capacity to understand things like you can't really like you know, wear high heels at church, like everyone's going to look at you or like, you know, you can't wear high heels to temp. I don't know if you can't, you know what I mean? It's just no, like, but you're, no, it's, just, it's your focus. Is same thought. Yeah. No, no. You're I was going to ask if you guys had ever had interactions with your mothers, like she does in this movie about her, uh, what she can wear out, what she can wear oh. out to services. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. But I, I think I just was too afraid of my mom as it's like <laughs> no nonsense Venezuelan lady. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll wear this. I don't think I was allowed to wear heels until like I was like 13 or 14. I was wore flats like, to my bonnet spa, so. I was going to ask if it was, that was like a big deal when you got to do it, but then you also had like a realization, like I'd rather wear the sneakers or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Literally, that's definitely now, honestly, that. Josh, that's now. It's like me that's going, now. honestly, I'm going to wear my sneakers instead. I, <laughs> I wore my heels to the wedding and I didn't take them off. And I we danced for like eight hours and mm. my feet are totaled. Mm. I will never wear a pair of heels again. Um, So it's it's like, it's, yeah. I, I, I think it's it's so funny because um, as you said, like just the act of being in temple is like annoying too. Cause like the services are often super long and you're like, yeah, you, especially if you grew up going to Orthodox, if, yeah, if you grew up going to Orthodox ones, geez, I'm telling you, I mean, and I fasted a couple times. It was for, it was torture. I was like, mm -hmm. I can't do this. Um, so I, I just think that like we, what I like about this film, especially is that it doesn't treat kids being kids and like having a kind of ulterior motive for why we're doing our mitzvah project and what like it I I just like that there's a way to be both respectful of of coming of age in in the religion while also just 
acknowledging that at 12 years old, you're not going to understand the gravitas of like coming before God. Like I, I think, I think that was, that was really well done. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's where I was about to go back to anyway, because I want to ask you guys as, again, as someone who has been a 12 or 13 year old girl, I want to go back to like what the movie got right about those specific interactions with these kids. Cause we haven't actually really talked about the main fight that happens in this movie yet, where these girls, they have a really cute frame group. And uh, where there's like, for, for, uh, like, I mean, Lydia, Lydia and, uh, and Stacey have two other friends and I'm, uh, I don't have their names up in front of me. I think they are, uh, what, what are their friends' names? Oh, shoot. I feel bad. Uh, okay. One is a redhead. I remember this yeah, very is clearly. It, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I'll get it. It's, yeah, no, there's a redhead who like had all these like misadventures in uh, shaving her body, which was, I mean, I guess <laughs> props to that actress for just going all out. Like her armpits and they were yeah. all- oh yeah. my god very yeah. american very american girl did yeah. you know if you ever read that book the american girl like body book but i kept thinking about that when this poor it's, girl was yeah yeah her name, like, was, her, 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 her name was nikki and the other her, her name was nikki and the other friend was tara and uh and, and but, yeah but then stacy stacy and lydia also uh get invited to the party of a popular girl named kim chang cohen so that that's kind of funny. I guess her, her her mom married a Jewish guy, I suppose. Though I also think it's a little odd that uh, Lydia Rodriguez Katz, her her last name is Katz, but the dad is Louis Guzman. So uh, you know, I, I don't. I, something weird happened with the names in that family. But you know, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not unless he was just Jewish all along. You know, uh, I don't know. Uh, it could, could could be. It was it was just kind of funny. Uh, but re- regardless, Kim Chang Cohen invites uh uh Lydia to a party. And uh, Stacy, and we should we should also mention because the popular girls are very impressed by uh, Lydia's clothes at one point because her mom is getting divorced from her dad and is just trying to spend all the dad's money. Mom is played by Jackie Sandler, Adam Sandler's wife, who's also been in some of his movies. Again, all the the whole family is in this thing, but they get invited to the popular girls' party, uh, or Lydia does. She gets. she gets stacy invited while there uh you know that that's a really funny scene when they're first there like uh at at the popular girl's house like putting makeup or putting like whatever the face cream was on their face and uh ronnie has told her just agree with everything (laughs) she's just like she's like i strongly agreed in in response to like something that was not actually a statement asking for someone to agree i just got a kick out of that but then they go they go they go to this ledge where uh stacy's crush andy goldfarb is going to be there and they're who are any of the kids going to jump off this ledge uh stacy jumps off the ledge impresses all of them and uh but and is, it's really exciting for a second until it turns out her her maxi pad has come out and it's bloody and all the kids laugh at her and uh and, and including lydia very briefly and that sets her off a bit and lydia's in the midst of throwing a party that uh stacy doesn't go to initially because she's mad at her but stacy then shows up at the party anyway and she comes upon lydia kissing andy goldfarb and that just blows up their whole relationship and it just set, sets off a war for this movie. And I mean, I guess I shouldn't be a shock that teenage girls can be pretty mean to each other, but this movie really goes for it. And they are very, they, they're very, very, like, very, very mean to each other. Literally, like, Lydia basically just dates this boy just to get back at her because she was so mad at her for uninviting her to the bar mitzvah. And Stacy does about 10 other horrible things. Uh, it is intense. I'm wondering, but at the same time, I, it didn't necessarily feel like over the top, like a satire of this kind of movie either, which again is what I liked. It still stayed pretty grounded. Denise, what did you think about, like, where it took these, it's just, I mean, I already asked you broadly how you felt about this world, but I want to know where did, how did you feel about how this, the direction in which the movie took this relationship between these two girls? Because it goes to some pretty vicious places. Yeah, I had to really ground myself because I felt like Stacy had for a moment overblown everything, and I was like, wait, but I remember what it was like to have a crush, and like if my best friend had kissed him, even when I declared my crush over, 
I would be out for blood. It's you dead. Know? It's so not it's over. It's, it's over. dead at the time it's of dead. death. When time she was like time of death, like time <laughs> over, so real. Well, so, so yeah, that, that, that was more. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, I, I don't know what the girl code is. I mean, th- th- there's a girl code and a guy code that's like that specific thing. But like, you know, yeah, um, like I think that I mean, I think most girls of that age would be like, oh no, like she is within her right to be mad at her friend with like 12, 12 hours later is kissing the boy that like she had been obsessing over for a while. But the movie goes back to another point where like Lydia's like everybody in the grade liked him. Okay. Not yeah. just you. Like, do you get to claim dibs on a boy indefinitely? Like, uh, it's just a messy situation. And I thought the movie still grappled with that in an interesting way. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. Unless I feel free to, to jump in too, as you, cause it seems like you had some thoughts as well, but <laughs> Um, I think ultimately, like everything that li- that Lydia said at the end of the film, where they really kind of have this heart to heart conversation after uh, after Stacy has inadvertently, like not really on purpose, um, you know, created this really humiliating entrance video. And she's like, you know, I tried to explain how I defended you at the crossing when, you know, she had that period mishap. And I tried to you know, I, everybody liked him. And when he, you know, when Andy Goldfarb gives you attention, well, of course you're going to respond, right? Even though Mr. A pie in training over here, <laughs> but like, I think that like, it's, I, I think that unfortunately everything is life or death. I like, I, it really made me reflect on the kinds of things that like at 12 or 13 were absolutely devastating. Like I had friendship breakups and I had crushes on guys that never went anywhere. And I think it was like, like at the moment, that is the entire that is your entire world. So any sort of movement to that is earth shattering. So I feel like, um, you know, in, in our kind of 20 and thirties rational brain, you're like, well, you know, is that worth a fight over? Is that worth, you know, um, disinviting someone to your bat mitzvah over? No, but at the time, like that's, that's like outside of your parents, like your peers are the only things, the only people that like, really give you approval and and what matters so i think um you know it it took some time i mean i I felt like stacy was super harsh and like you know spreading that nipple rumor i mean at the end of the day i was like you know stacy i feel like you've given it back to lydia and spades but at the end like i think those kinds of petty fights are just very true to the age group i don't know i mean i I, I, I was not i was I was I, I I was not a cool kid at that age. Uh, again, I, as we've established over our many podcasts, talking about like kids between the ages of middle school and high school, like just I, w- I would not have been involved in any boy girl drama because uh, again, thirteen uh, year old Josh wasn't exactly attracting all the girls. So I just the, the, the proper way to you know react at a situation like this is just something I, I I just don't know if there's an easy answer to. But it's like yeah, you could probably be mad, but like don't make a video of like all the most embarrassing moments and don't like, you know, spread nasty rumors to anonymous Instagram account. doesn't seem like a, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like that hard of a thing to under, to wrap your head around. At least again, a 30 something year old, like, yeah, that's immature, but maybe a seventh grader might react that way. Uh, listen, what, what, what kind of like struck a chord with you with, uh, the, the, the breakdown of their friendship? Okay. You guys probably had better schools, but my school was ruthless and in high school and we actually had one of those like rumor Instagram things. So when that happened, I got so triggered. Thankfully, nothing I, I mean, I was semi-cool, I guess. I'm, I'm not going to say that. My friends are going to roast me when they listen to this podcast. But um, I was like, okay, in high school. But I never had anything written about me. But those things were ruthless. Um, So when when that happened, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like Stacey gave it back. But are you asking more about like the girl code part and how everything went down? Well, yeah. Do you? Well, actually, let me ask you a different way then. Do you think the movie like does a good job of like, not encouraging you to take a side in that or like 
choose that like one person was right and one person was wrong and just rather just like presenting like a conflict and a resolution you know what i mean like sometimes a movie might yeah. you might feel like you might feel like a movie is like asking you to take someone inside and i don't think the movie really does that necessarily like i think if anything maybe it comes down a little bit more obviously on like stacy being in the wrong but like at the same time like i don't think it's like you know like condemning her too badly necessarily for what she does like you kind of understand why she's hurt I was going to say, yeah, actually bring up a good point because I think when you're watching it and even now that we're reflecting on it, I'm like, they did such a, they did a pretty good job with the script where it was like, I wasn't on anyone's side. I think you feel a little bit more for Stacy's character only because she is the one that kind of saves it in the end, but because she's the one doing all the reflecting. So you kind of are siding with the person who's doing the reflecting on the quote unquote healing. But in reality, I think to your point, Denise, she gave it so much back to Lydia so it's like they're kind of even-ish, but that's why the end is so sweet because it really makes you feel like all of this was for naught because in the reality, they're back together. So to your point, yeah, you don't really have anyone's sides. And I think that's why too, it's so interesting. Everyone keeps comparing it to Uncut Gems <laughs> on Letterboxd. And I'm like, are you just comparing it to Uncut Gems because Sandler's in it and he's married to Idina also mm-hmm. <laughs> in this movie? But I didn't feel that rush or like anxiety, I guess, because we're not all 13 girl, 13 year old girls. So I didn't feel like we were in that boat. But the also other great thing now I'm going on a tangent, but Mm -hmm. the other great thing is I felt related to the film, like we all kind of understood what we were going through through, but I kind of like that. Because you know, when you watch, usually a Netflix film, you know, when you watch (laughs) the Netflix film, and sometimes the script feels like a boomer writing for Gen Z. This film felt like the right people knew how to write for Gen Z, but there were still those cringe parts that I'm like, oh yeah, that happens to folks that age right now. And I wouldn't get it, but I'm not cringing, if that makes sense. Like, 100%. Well, so, 100%. Well, so if you, if you, if, if, I mean, I don't remember how you felt watching Are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret, Lissa, and I know uh, Denise yeah. is, is in the process of having watched the whole film. Is how you described it earlier or something like that. But like, I didn't cringe like a single time. I didn't have to like cover my eyes at all as I watched that movie, which is kind of what impressed me so much about it. And that like, again, I'm a, I'm a 32 year old guy watching a movie about, you know, like these like 12 year old girls or whatever. And I, and I, and I, I was like really impressed that it wasn't cringy. Uh, there were right. a couple moments here where I had to like, I, I had to like look away briefly like 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 yeah i mean like like basically like look the, th- the thing at the ledge i mean like come on like that that I, anyone would feel really embarrassed for her and like secondhand embarrassment like watching that kind of thing like felt so bad yeah i know i know <laughs> I like, like, I, oh yeah she did it and i saw it and i was like oh, no i i was like i want i would wish a shark if that were me i was like i wish a shark would just because I don't like I'm not gonna out my friend but I went to a party in sixth grade where this girl stuffed her bra with toilet paper oh and no. Her crush, oh, no. oh no 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 her crush pushed her in the pool and it was her birthday and you just saw like the toilet paper like floating out of her tube top and I was like so when that happened at the ledge that's was- what you think about at 2 a.m Yes. in your 20s that's what you think about <laughs> sorry go oh, ahead Lisa. No, <laughs> but did you like good cringe at that though Josh? no i mean i mean i mean it was yeah, it was yeah. well it was well executed i'm just saying like yeah. it went there with a couple moments like that or or, or like even when the, even you're even just like when the video played at the bat mitzvah like i was like oh yeah. god like i knew that was coming and i was like so uncomfortable like like so like again i mean i can respect how it's done it's just like i don't like that feeling as like a as I a, think- a reviewer as a viewer of something and like but it's like the fact that the movie's not afraid to go to those uncomfortable moments like speaks to the fact that like it's not afraid to be challenging i'm i'm curious what you all think this too it's like so much of that 
period. The awkwardness of the period is depicted really well. And to that end, Lissa, everything you're saying about the cringe humor, like I'm totally with you. Like it, this feels very right for the audience that was written and like the types of things kids would be saying. The but I think to be honest, yeah, the TikTok dances, that was <laughs> cringy. But I think the problem is like so much of these really embarrassing moments are actually captured on film nowadays for mm. posterity. And I think that's a that's a new change that I don't know if I could have handled because I wasn't allowed to have a Facebook account, for example, until like I think I graduated high school. So I once I graduated, yeah, I was like, all right. By the time I was like in in high school, the novelty had worn off. But yeah. that means that like so much of that period is kind of memory. Like mm. it, it, it's only available to me. Like that kind of cringe or like photos from that time period of braces and like weird little AIM messages or MSN messages, like those are all gone. But I think unfortunately for kids, like honestly, probably for the best, for the best, <laughs> but unfortunately kids, kids today, I think have to have to actually deal with like a, a, a sort of infinite footprint of like yeah. embarrassing moments. They'll have to look back on. So that was something I thought I was like, Oh my God, thank God. I was not nearly as like connected to any sort of internet presence at the time. I mean, I, I think, I think my, I wasn't quite as sheltered as you, Denise. If you guys really want to go back and creep, you can probably kind of a couple weird looking photos Find of something. me from like, from like two, <laughs> from like 2009 on my, on my Facebook. But I mean, that is certainly something kids at the reckon with. And like, I mean, I, to her credit, I kind of liked that the movie didn't go so far as to actually have, um, to actually have uh, Stacy send that video. I mean, look, it, it is like kind of a, a convenient movie thing to have the mom send the thing or whatever anyway. But like at the same time, like that would have almost felt like a bridge too far. Not that Lydia, it's ever explained to Lydia on camera that she didn't send it on purpose, but like it, it would have been hard for the moviegoer to really ever get behind Stacy if she had actually like played that on purpose at the thing. But at the same time, like you can see why, how something like that would even be possible given that kids do record so much more these days than, than you guys ever did, or especially than my generation ever did because i mean there are certain like you know i mean I'm, I'm five years older than you guys so there's you know there's certain different changes uh in even the technological capability between when y'all were in high school and when i was in high school but yeah no, for sure it's it's it's, it's something that the, i think the movie has a very good sense of and like you guys said uh who knows maybe if they'd had like a, a uh like even a 40 something year old some 40 something year old dudes write and direct the thing that's another thing it might have missed a little bit you know and it, it seemed like it really understood that aspect of things let me ask uh as, as people that have both seen the movie eighth grade um how did uh andy goldfarb compare to the crush in that movie do you, could you guys understand the appeal of someone like andy dude i can tell we at least i don't know how you feel denise but i'm grown up now i'm like man mateo from day one it's like yes like, mateo from the beginning <laughs> Andy, Andy just has drip energy. You know what I mean? I think they, I think like the word drip is used in the book. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And like, that's how I feel about this guy. Like he has seventies, like weirdo. And I don't know. I don't, I guess Sandra's character is Danny. He, he, he refers to his drip when they're at the movies. And I think, I think doesn't Mateo compliment his robe or something like that. Or yeah. Some, yeah. Some yeah. Comments are over and he's like, Oh, he likes the drip. Uh, but like, but you know, at the same time, uh, Andy's there too. And like, that's certainly embarrassing in that moment when he is just doing the most embarrassing dad stuff, which is ador It's, it's cute and adorable. You can tell that they, uh, yeah, has pretty good chemistry with Sonny as an actress, but like they, they, they go there at a couple points. The one thing was like, I thought Mateo looked so young. And which, yeah. which is also weird since we've been sitting here, I went on the, the actor that plays uh, Andy's uh, IMDb. It says he's 5'10". 
I'm not even 5'10". I'm like almost 5'10". So oh I like it's, so it's so funny. So, 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 so maybe it was like, yeah, so maybe he's grown a lot since like the filming of the movie and they put that in his IMDb. Or maybe they, like, maybe he's the one that made Mateo look so small. But Mateo felt like he was seven years old even next to Stacy. So it was a little weird for me to like root for him. Though, yes, like as a, I, I guess you could say as, as, as an older woman, now you can be like, oh, that's the guy you should like, you know, pay more attention to. Not the like the douchebag that's just like, you know, running around and like breaking shit. I was going to say like, that's like a canon event for childhood is like, is like having a crush on that jock because Mateo <laughs> reminded me of a chicken nugget kid from eighth grade. Yeah. 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 Great chance of a chicken nugget kid. I'm like, that's so real. But I mean, you have to make those mistakes when you're younger and have a crush on like those. But like, how are, how are guys like douchebags at such a young age? You know, I'm like- telling you a high, like <laughs> crate. I'm sorry, but he, like Andy Goldfarb will one day, cause like actual habit. Andy Goldfarb is running a startup right now as we speak. <laughs> right after we speak. He started oh, Fire Firefest. He's well, dating I, he's dating an Instagram model who has sub five hundred thousand followers. He's telling an Instagram model who's twenty two, she's too old. Right. She's now. too old. Man, well he's gonna get like traded 29. in for the nineteen year old. I would hate to hear uh, your. Uh, a, I would hate. I, I would. I would. I would feel bad for an A pie if they had to listen to you tell your horror stories from whatever happened with them in U, UF. Denise, they they were they were like probably like the third most concerning Jewish fraternity when I was at UF. And third I, I, most I, I, concerning. I, I won't name any others. <laughs> Let's just say there was one that was not on campus when I rushed in. Yeah, the, and, I know. And it yeah. would it, it, it would turn it into like a <laughs> it would turn this into an even more explicit podcast if I had to explain why they weren't on campus when I rushed. Uh, so yeah, you know, uh, like I, I and I like the A pies that were on my birthright trip for the most part compared to like you know maybe some of the other non-api fraternities when i was like but like but like the the, the th- funny thing is i think it also kind of goes back to the internet stuff and like again i can't really speak to like who, what the worst of like 13 year olds were when you guys were 13 and or, or when i was really 13 because i hung out with all the nerds like me and my friends we we made up half of our top 10 of our high school graduating class so that tells you like the, the people i was hanging out with so like you know i can't speak to just how nasty like the worst of them were at that point i just don't really have the best memory of like- that Josh, for you, did you, did everyone for you guys have a crush on like the same girl or something like that? Um, maybe I, I don't really specifically remember anyone like all having a crush on like the same girl necessarily. I, I was more talking about in terms of just like general, I, I can understand why they might have a crush on the bad boy, but I was more talking about like, you know, just as far as how someone is that awful. You know, or especially at the guy in eighth grade, remember the guy in eighth grade, like the first time she ever has a conversation yeah. with him, he's like, yeah. do you get blowjobs? Like, that's the first thing he says, remember? Yeah. And it's like, I wonder if like, it's like the kids are getting progressively worse as they have more access to the internet is where my, my head was at. I do think that unfortunately the Andrew Tateification and like access to pornography has um, has been for the worse, I fear. You think, but, Andy's, you think Andy's a big Joe Rogan guy right now? You know? uh, Joe Rogan, he might. He, he'll definitely have a podcast. I think the issue is that kids are just immature. Boys are immature. They've got hormones at that age. They've got, they need to find a way to channel it. And I think historically, okay, you know, he, he loves playing basketball. Like those things all make sense. But I think he particularly is like, I also think he's just like not that interested in girls. Like, of course he's like, kissing Lydia but like he's like out with his buddies and like I think he just enjoys being out with his buddies and like being popular you know it seemed like that was a big thing and like okay of course a, a, like a, a girl he thinks is cute sends these like I don't know sultry pics which also was kind of weird I don't know if you guys felt that way but like as an adult now seeing like a, 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 obviously it's in the in the sort of like confines of the movie but like these sexy pics from a 13 year old I was like I kind of don't want to see like Chris Hansen what's going on you know I was like a little uh, a little caught off guard but 
Um, I just I did, I did that- enjoy I did enjoy the scene where she like sent him the pictures and was yeah, like, yeah, when, was, when, they're, when they're when they're when they were playing the card game with oh the my grandma. God. Ignore those. I was like, Queen, Queen. I, did, I, I could never. I've done that as an adult, but not as a little girl. I, I can tell you, know? I could never. Even at this age, like at my grown ass age of twenty six, I could not do. Like that's I was like Instagram thirst traps are for. So yeah, like, right. Horrible. Exactly. Well, that's how I felt like when I had my makeup and hair done. I was like, post. I literally post. But post. yeah, as a younger girl, I'm like uh, debatable. But it's, it's yeah. a good point, Denise, because to your earlier point, like thinking about these kids having access to the internet, like I feel like for our generation, the earliest thing that a lot of us have common grounds on is like, <clears throat> excuse me, like access to Omegle and like, you know, yes, over chat, to, like, chat rooms. Omegle, like a chat room. Access to what? Um, You know, the website Omegle. Nope. Now you guys are making me feel old. Oh no. You probably, or like, or you could, ch- you could chat, chat with like random strangers. Chat oh, roulette, oh, oh, chat oh roulette. I know what chat roulette is. Yeah. Yeah. Like both of those okay. things. I feel like that was coming up when we were all in like middle school or like high school. Yeah. That's my earliest like understanding of like, mm, like pornography or going yes. that route. Whereas kids, if they have a phone, and we also like didn't get phones till, at least for me, I think for me is middle school. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I, I didn't have yeah, one until I was same. freshman year of high school. So, but like that again, that was two thousand five. Yeah. So you know. But the first thing yeah. you're doing is not like looking up something sultry. Like for me, it was like, how do I record my own ringtone? And it was like literally. literally. It's into the phone. <laughs> so it's like the kids. To your point, Denise, I I don't know if they have such early internet access and like access to like sexy photos. Like I didn't think take a sexy photo until like maybe call it, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, So much of the internet that affects the script and it's kind of relative in the film. Yeah. Like that's why I think it's like just the idea of taking a sexy picture at the age of 12 was so I, again, I also don't want to, I don't want to extrapolate other upbringings because I had a particularly sheltered upbringing. And I think Lissa probably can share some of that too. Like I was into Barbies for the longest time and like hanging out with my friends and going even in high school I just went to see movies with my friends you know those were the things that I I would do so I I I think kids today are a bit more savvy in all like street smart and and they they're well connected and that sort of thing so like you see that in this movie so I I I think that like I'm not trying to knock them but I think that's the kind of like internet savvy kid that we're seeing where it's like hey want to pull up to my house you know and 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 even like the mom is so I thought that was so true like her her mom is I think uh Lydia's mom is like oh a play date like I think that generation is still so clueless Gen X is like or even probably early millennial slash Gen X is like totally clueless about what their kids are up to yeah I think that I think the movie just does a a pretty good job of capturing all of that for sure um, I'm, 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 can we talk about DJ Shmuley? That was, was that, that, that was exactly where I was going. <laughs> well, the next thing I was going to go to was like the look of the movie and the feel of the movie and the feel of these parties and whatnot. I mean, again, like as we all as we've all already made very clear, none of us were really the. Uh, Alyssa was Alyssa was somewhat cool in high school, apparently, according to Alyssa. Denise and I maybe maybe not so much. So I I, I can't necessarily say I have like a lot of points of reference for being at these uh, massive ragers that like DJ Shmuley is throwing. But I want I want to know you guys because one thing I think a lot of these Netflix movie gets new movies get criticized for is a little bit like looking kind of like 
cookie cutter and similar and whatnot. And look like we we've done uh we've we've done three podcasts on the to all the boys of love before movies, but I think Netflix has gotten criticized a little bit for maybe those and some of their other like you know young adult movies like looking kind of similar and having a similar palette and all that. I'm wondering like how you felt about the the moments in which this movie went all out with with respect to these party sequences and these bigger set pieces and how you think it pulled those off and and you can also use that as an opportunity to talk about the music, whether it be DJ Shmuley or any of the rest of the soundtrack. Uh, should also note that uh, I guess Esty Heim did that was like the music supervisor for the movie as she's been that as she kind of does in some of her like spare time when she's not doing Heim things like she she also did that for season two of the White Lotus. Uh, so like they had there's there's uh, there's other brains going on behind the, the look and the feel and the sound of this movie. So I'm wondering, Denise, uh, you're really anxious to talk about DJ Shmuley. Did What did you feel about how it kind of created the atmosphere of some of these parties? Yeah, I think that like a bar and bat mitzvah is the first time you truly have a taste of what I will call the like party or rave mm-hmm. scene as a kid. You know, that's the first time you have these strobe lights and this dancing and Virgin like you mojito might have bars. a kiss. Virgin mojito bar, which I think is the update to what was our Shirley Temple open bar. Oh, okay. I was like, where the fuck are the Shirley Temples? Because <laughs> um, that's what I'm used to. And I think it was like, th- themes were so simple at the time. Like, I, you know, I, I remember like baseball was a like a popular theme. Like it was like sports themes were a big thing. Or like, I, I like that, like, it seems that like the, the more we progress, the like higher the stakes are at these bar and bat mitzvahs to like, you know, New York City theme or Candyland theme. Like, I think um, what I like is that these sorts of immersive worlds feel immersive to us as adults. Like, imagine what it felt like at 12 to enter Mm -hmm. that ballroom and go kind of hog wild. I think that feels so true and fantastical to that age group and like why the stakes are so high that like even Stacey's like, this sets the tone for the rest of your life. sort of uh, socio-cultural, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for your adult life. Like, you, this is where your social standing will come from. It's like how successful and how off the wall your bar or bat mitzvah is. Um, so I, of- I, I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, speaking of sports themes, uh, Alyssa, if you remind me after we're done recording, I actually might have a a, a Gator yarmulke slash kippah from my bar mitzvah somewhere in my bedside oh. table. I, I, I think I showed it. To, I think I showed it to you last year uh, yeah, after yeah. the Cha Cha Real Smooth one, uh, Denise. But I'll, I'll show it to you, Alyssa, if you don't forget before we uh, log off for the night. Uh, oh. So yeah, my, my, mine was Gator themed. I love Wait, it. That's so perfect. That's so Florida. That's mm-hmm. so Florida, Josh. I think that's mm-hmm. a, that's the best theme I've heard. And like Cotton Eye Joe was a big thing at the ones <laughs> I would go to. No, I mean I'm, 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 I'm more of a Cha Cha Real Smooth electric slide guy than I was a electric you know a, than I was a Cotton Eye Joe guy. Even which is ironic since I've, I I, I my, mine, my, mine was in a much more uh, redneck area than yours. Uh, yeah, I, so I don't know if I ever did the Cupid Shuffle. I did the just the really just Cha Cha Real Smooth and electric slide were my jams. I think. Um, but like again, it was a different time when i was doing mine like the the, the two, two songs that definitely got played at my bar mitzvah were uh outcast the way you move and britney, yeah. Spe- britney spears toxic you know oh, so yeah so you know that, that, that that's well, the time I, we're talking about for me i feel like dj shmuley like this like kind of dubious he wouldn't play journey why wouldn't he play journey yeah, i mean come on i don't man. understand him him ragging not bad for the kid that just wanted to hear don't hilarious <laughs> i will say that bit was so funny i'm sorry it was hilarious <laughs> but like this like dubious like dj that gets thrown around at every single bar mitzvah but like he's like israeli and he's like i he's like 
I got this, guys. And he's like takes his job really seriously, and how he's like put he he's like getting into character. And but also weirdly, or also like, weirdly, has a crush on the parking maid meter outside, uh, and keeps yeah, getting into car he, crashes. That was a weird. Recurring yeah, thing. weird weird recurring thing. But like, even though he's in so few scenes, he's like very flushed out. And like, I was like, <laughs> I want to know more about DJ Shmuley's like origin story. Like, what kind of music nerd became this sort of like super villain like uh, DJ? You know that everybody. You know, they're like, did you book DJ Shmuley like six months out? You know, whatever. I, I, I thought that like it was so true that like these are the types of you know kids are not even dancing. They're like drinking punch and like trying to talk to girls and like I, I, I just think that it, it took me back. It transported me back to like even if the songs are slightly different to the bar mitzvahs of my heyday. And I, I thought that they did that. That sort of art direction was really good. Yeah. I, again, I, I. I... I really don't, I mean, I think my bar mitzvah party was at one of the bigger venues in Pensacola where we did them. And yeah, the Gator theme was legit, but like, I just don't have a lot of other points of reference for like big time stuff because again, it was just a smaller Jewish community. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, what did you, what did you think as you were watching this movie and uh, seeing what, how they depicted this world and how the ones that like went the most all out were, were there any visual flourishes that stuck with you or just any other funny moments from the party scenes? Mm, from the party scenes specifically, I think, you know, Netflix actually really does party scenes best. I know I work for a competitor, but um, <laughs> they are pretty notorious for that. And a lot of the film kind of did give me the, um, oh my gosh, what's that film called? What's the, Never Have I Ever? Yeah. Never okay. Have I Ever. Yeah. It kind of gave me those like party scene feels, but obviously Never Have I Ever is more mature. But the only, I will criticize though, the last scene when she's running in you know how a lot of i mean vfx workers are literal superheroes first and foremost they work so hard i hope they unionize all that good stuff um but i know a lot of the vfx houses due to like time crunches they've had to kind of multiply folks in crowds and so the last scene for me felt very um not not that i i mean i guess because i work in film i can tell but it just felt a little bit of a kind of a quick shot for me of just like multiplying people and it being that big party scene. But I could tell personally that there was a little bit of different work done than the first few party scenes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But the first few party scenes are more intimate, right? Like Stacy is walking around with her friends in the crowd. She walks over to Andy to see him like wrestling. So I think that was a different shot, but the last part for me felt a little more, I did, I did like the visual they got. I thought they, I mean, I, th- I think Cha-Cha Real Smooth did it even better as far as just like the awkwardness yeah. of like the boys and the girls being like afraid to like talk to each other. And that's, they're, 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 I mean, the funniest I've maybe laughed in the movie in the last two years was like in Cha-Cha Real Smooth when that when Andrew goes up to like the kids and is telling one of them, hey, don't you have a girlfriend? And the kid's like, yeah, I don't really talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like so there there there's there that the, the party scenes in that one might have even like uh like got at that awkwardness even a little more than these did though this one was uh so pretty effective when they're just showing the girls like w- w- looking over at like andy yeah. doing his stupid stuff like trying to pop balloons or whatever the hell he was doing with the other boys and like and um, and, and, and stacy just kind of like gathers up the courage to like go talk to him at the first party and then like she's like uses that uses the fact that mateo complimented her shoes as like an excuse to like chicken out like oh now i can't do it because he threw me off and asked about my shoes why would he do that and like just that you might like in theory like think you're gonna like 
have it in you to say a certain thing in a certain moment when you're at that age, but then you'll also like find any reason to chicken out and not do it. Like, I think it, this, how, how you might feel and how you might get a certain amount of adrenaline in a moment like that, in a setting like that. I thought the movie captured that pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. And I do want to also say in terms of the party scenes, you may also think about like the pool parties at Lydia's house mm. or, Oh, also, you know what I would point out to you? I don't know if this was on, if this was on purpose or not, but as someone, as a Sandler correspondent, I will have to point out that the ledge scene reminded me of the grown-up scene where all, I forgot which grown-ups it was, but it was like, it was like Sandler and the crew go to the ledge and they meet up with like Jimmy Tatro and like the frat guys. And they're all like, this is our spot. It's like, no, this is our spot. So when they all pulled up to the ledge, it gave me remnants of that. Like I thought I heard it might've been the same ledge. Maybe I just saw that on TikTok somewhere. I've never seen grown-ups actually, but like I heard- I just always heard bad things. I didn't want to like tarnish the Sandman in my eyes. Do you think Grown Ups is worth watching? They're so funny, Josh. Okay, They're just, really? Like, if you if you need like a lighthearted watch, I would I would really recommend them. Okay, no, I'm 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 glad to hear you say that. I trust you. I trust your judgment. I will I will I will, I will go back and watch at least the first Grown Ups at some point. I can't promise I'll do Grown Ups two if I don't like Grown Ups one. But I'll, I'll also I'll do as a film one. person yourself, I feel like you'll be in the same boat as me. But whenever I watch those films, I'm like, God, I know that set is so freaking fun. Like I cannot imagine being on oh, that yeah. set. Oh yeah, no, and, and well, you know what really sucks too. And now that I'm thinking about it, and this is a, a little more of a tangent, but I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm still on topic. You know, right now because of the strikes, the actors and writers can't be promoting stuff. You know, and uh, and you'll see some directors giving interviews because the directors technically aren't on strike, so they can still promote their own stuff. But like, yeah. just imagine if we, if if, if, the, if the strike was not going on now. Just imagine if uh, you would have gotten so many cute interviews with the Sandman and his daughters, you know, and like I thought that that, that probably would have been like delightful. And then that just like what, what that's just not out in the world now because like they, they we just can't do it. And that would have been really fun to watch him like do interviews and talk about working with them. And it, I'm sure it would have been incredibly charming and just n- none of it's going to happen. And again, I'm I'm not complaining. I, I'm, I stand with I stand with the writers and the actors. I hope they hope they get I hope they get what's fair. But like, you know, it's, it's, it's just a shame because I think they're missing out on some charming, uh, some some fairly uh, some fairly. Uh, charming stuff i i feel the same way about like uh, i just saw bottoms yesterday i mean maybe i'm getting ahead of myself to the recommendation section but like well, I, I like all the ladies involved in that and i and i would have liked to have seen them you know go I, or heck even seen it would have been great to see marshawn lynch like doing press with them because marshawn lynch is in that movie and it's like this yeah. this like this uh this NF, this former nfl running back who's just a crazy character playing a teacher in the movie and like he, he and i guess he gave a quote to someone about like how you know he like he did that like, he, right? what his sister that he was like yeah oh, his yeah. sister came out and like when he was younger when he was 16 he didn't handle it well i was like this is my way of making up for that it's like i didn't get to see him do a press tour about that you know so it's it, it's just a shame but again uh not not blaming the actors and writers for that just to, it's just kind of a shame because like it, 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 i thought about that when you're talking about how, how fun the set must have been like it must have been really fun for sano to do this especially once he realized it was actually going to be good like that had to have made him like really happy to see that his daughter was rising to the occasion to say like i know it's nepotism but man i think because they acted so well everyone's like okay we're here for it you know and like right. we would have it would have been such great great promotion for them as too right now like everyone mm-hmm. loved a coming of age story we would have loved to seen more of sunny and sadie together and even like the little like teenager things like olivia rodrigo obviously is popular again right now because she's coming out with a new album i thought when they dropped traitor that was a great needle drop actually i mean maybe on the notes so for, girls, for, girl, for, girl, for, for girls <laughs> so of that good. age and like that she's like such a happy it's not like a deep cut necessarily because she's a big deal but like it was a perfect use of that you know and it was like you betrayed me yeah like, it was so girl it, <laughs> so it was yeah it was perfect before i finish my tangent mm-hmm. can i share one more line that i'm still thinking about that's making yes. yeah Okay, so you know, the uh, Rabbi Rebecca was like, "Let me take off my what did she say?" She's like, "Let me take off my thinking yarmulke and put mm-hmm. on my no, no, 
let me take off my working yarmulke or something and put on my thinking yarmulke. Yeah. And it was the Misfits yarmulke. <laughs> Did you guys remember that? Yeah, that was so good. No, why? It was so iconic because she was like, let me take off my yarmulke to talk really quick. But she put on another yarmulke and it was like with the Misfits logo. I thought it was. It was like, let me take off my professional. I think it was even like my professional yarmulke or something. It was so Put on my thinking cap. Yeah, yeah. It was perfect. It was it was perfect. I, sorry, no, no. Go ahead, Josh. So many quotable moments to be yeah honest. i know i I have, I have a couple of bullet points i might come back to at the at, at the very at the, at the very end just to uh just to fill in a couple of gaps but i um i i, I but, but before i did that i, I did i kind of just wanted to jump to the end and see if you guys had any other thoughts like it kind of goes to just the the spectacle of like we were just talking about with some of these the set design and production design and whatnot but i'm wondering if you guys did have any final thoughts on the ending and just before we wrap up and the reconciliation between these girls and uh the, the final act like did, did you guys actually find it to be like effectively emotional to watch uh stacy like uh, give up her bat mitzvah uh for lydia at the end and what did you what did you guys think about how the movie ultimately uh, resolved itself yeah, I I'll I'll jump in real quick and I'll I'll mm-hmm. let Lissa Lissa lead after. But I I think um you know as a larger point, I really mm-hmm. thought Stacy's family was like a really close tight knit family. Like they they work really well. Um, and I think as a result, Stacy coming to this natural conclusion that in order to fully apologize and kind of atone and and come full circle on her bat mitzvah she had to give it up because it was the one thing she was looking forward to was Mm -hmm. a really mature decision I don't know if I could have come to that decision (laughs) you know I might have just thrown an apology Lydia's way and if she didn't want to be friends again then oh well you know so I thought that that her coming to that conclusion was both some sort of like gentle coaxing from her dad it seemed like her relationship Mm. with her dad was really important and I really liked seeing glimpses of it where they went to the movies and I think you see that in in her decision because both her parents kind of express this you know I'm really proud of the decision you've made um and I think that it ultimately like that final climax where she's like you know she's successfully finished her Torah portion so she she realizes the the gravitas of, oh, see, of the religion it. and the, yeah it's very it. cute Yay. it's super cute and then uh, she goes to kind of confront Lydia and you're not sure if they'll really come together. It was that idea of like, you know, she has so much history. Lydia and Stacey have so much history that Lydia shows up to her bat mitzvah and is fully ready to like let her have her moment. And then Stacey gives that night back to Lydia as as she deserved. And I think it, it to me, it was like, wow, these girls are really wise beyond their years. And, and, I, and I should have seen something like that coming when, you, when it gets to that revelation of like what's actually happened. But in my head, I was like, Oh, are they just gonna like? Is it like they're implying that the parents have like paid for something big or something like that, and like they've done something big and they're gonna open the door? I'm like, is it just gonna be like her favorite musicians playing or something like that? Like, but like it made total sense. It's like it had to be a gesture like that to like make up for everything that had happened before and for you to actually believe uh, that th- that they could come together again. I don't know. Uh, listen, did you have any other final thoughts on the on, on the ending and if you thought it was that it kind of earned that reconciliation? Yeah, I mostly agree with Denise. I will say, I think the ending was very sweet. I wasn't expecting that because I was like, literally like, how is the script going to end? You know, because we have seen like, I've we've seen films where like younger girls have fought before. Mm-hmm. And I actually have we, I don't know, but <laughs> we have probably. But I'm like, I can't remember the ending, but I think that ending was really sweet. I think the more we talk about it and sit with it, I'm like, was that too mature for their age? Mm. You know, but I think... 
Well, yeah, it's it's an interesting point because, you know, I had the thought when I was watching one of the points I made on the podcast I did on Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. And uh, I don't know if you made it to this point in the movie, Denise, but you might remember it from the book. There's a moment in there where because, you know, the, like the girls, the whole book are like obsessed, are obsessing over when they're going to get their periods. And, yeah. And, um, and, and, and one of them like says like at, the, at one point, like lies about when she got her period. And, uh, and, and then it's like, a, and I don't, I don't know if this is straight from the book, but like, like she tells Margaret, she got her period. And then like later they're at a dinner with their family. And then she's like in the bathroom where she's like, Oh, go and get my mom when she's in a stall. And then she like, she, the mom comes in and is like, and is like, Oh, she got her period. Margaret, can you go get a pad from this, uh, vending machine over there? And she's like, Oh, does she always get like this? She's like, no, this is the first one. It's like a big deal. Cause Margaret realizes she lied. And I had thought at that point that like, they were going to do the mature thing. And like earlier in the movie, Margaret had like broken one of the rules of their girl club and had been like, oh, I I like they, they had made an arbitrary rule for the girl club. They're going to write down the names of the boys they liked and they can never lie. And Margaret lies because she just says, I like the popular boy. Their other three like where she as opposed to like one of the friends, brother's friends. And like because then she could more easily be teased because that guy's around a lot. And so I thought she was going to like, they were going to make up after this revelation about the friend lying about the period because she was going to be like, oh, it's OK. I lied, too, about the boy book. And it's like, no, like they just drift apart. And that was one of the things I really respected about that movie was that I thought there was going to be, I was assuming there was going to be some reconciliation. And then the, the movie is like, no, like sometimes like girls might drift apart over stuff like this. And even if there's not a massive blow up, something might just come between them and they might just like, you never know, come together. So I, I kind of understand that thought Alyssa is like, Hey, maybe it's not this most realistic thing for them to make up. But like, you know, I think the other way of looking at it is like in some instances, yeah, maybe it's, 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 it's things are too far gone. But like yeah. every time, every time 13 year old girls fight, it's, it, you know, sometimes it might be irreparable and, uh, in, or irreparable, is that a word? Uh, <laughs> and not, not, sometimes it might not be irreparable and other times maybe it is. And this is, this may be one of the times that it is, but if you're going to make the audience buy the fact that it could be, you need to like do something with your script that like, doesn't feel like a shortcut. And I don't necessarily think it felt like a shortcut. It's just like, yeah, that's a really mature act. And not every kid would have done that. Maybe this potential kid in this particular spot came to that realization, but like certainly a lot of times definitely not going to happen. Exactly. And that's why too, I was like, I believed it when it ended like that, because I was like, wow, that really was the only conclusion. And like how sweet of Stacy to do that. And I will say this ending actually makes sense, sense because throughout the film, like Stacy is really coming to terms with like being a woman and like, what does this mean? And I think when you're lucky enough to grow up in like the Jewish faith and culture, you really at a young age, from what I've heard, and I would love for you guys to share, you really learn early on, like what it means to be a good person and like do good acts. So I will give the fact that I think that's also why it comes to a mature ending is because Stacy is growing up in this culture where you're, you're learning what it means to be a good person earlier on. So now that I'm saying it, I'm like, it really was mature, but that's more for like, for, an, for like a regular American kid, as bad as that sounds that's too mature. But as someone who's growing up in the Jewish faith and culture with like supportive parents, it actually makes more sense, you know? Yeah. yeah I was sorry, Josh. No, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I was, what I was going to disagree if you want. I just wasn't sure if Denise was about to jump in. But like, what I was going to say was like, you know, I don't want to speak. I'm not going to speak ill of Christianity because I don't exactly know how they instill values. But I know one thing yeah. that like I was always taught from a young age was like, and I think it, it probably has more to do with me having good parents than me like being Jewish. So who knows? Maybe some of their values come from Judaism too. But like, I always thought like, you know, I, one thing that always like made sense to me when they kind of explained Judaism compared to Christianity is like, you got to do the right thing just because it's the right thing to do. You're not doing the right thing to get into heaven. 
And that was, that, that was, that was one thing that always stuck with me about Judaism. Again, that's not a judgment on Christian people. I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but I, I definitely always thought about like doing the right thing from that age, from that perspective. Like you just got to do it because it's the right thing. You're not doing it for like the external validation to getting into heaven. Cause that's not really a thing that Jews really aspire to in the same way that Christian Christians might. And like, that's not exactly the realization she comes to here, but it is like, Hey, this girl is like, it, I guess maybe having to like have that much education jammed in your brain for that ceremony when you're 13, like maybe that does at some point in some ways force you to do some growing up for sure and and whereas here she's kind of forced to do growing up because of all of her sh shitty decisions led her to realize that her best friend was just not in the front row of her bar mitzvah and that's when she has that the rear of her bat mitzvah and that's when she has that realization you know but like you know it, whatever it takes you know if it's going to get you to mature then that's it's all for the best you know yeah i mean i couldn't agree more with either mm -hmm. of you i think ultimately i mean i have so many friends from all kinds of faiths. And I think um, a lot of it does come down to what what kinds of values your parents instill in you and how mm -hmm. religion sort of reinforces it. And that's why I think this film, you see that very clearly, because both Stacy's parents are kind of grounded in less of the spectacle of the bat mitzvah and the religious background, but also like constantly checking in with her about her relationship with Lydia and like things are going to work out. And, you know, it's something that Adam Sandler tells uh, Danny's character uh, tells his daughter often and I think you know the concept of the mitzvah they they get into these types of things in a very cursory way which makes sense mm -hmm. I think the runtime of the movie was om almost two hours so you can't really expound on Jewish theology right but um to its, but credit, think... to its credit it got in and out in 103 minutes so an hour and 43 minutes oh amazing yeah I knew I was like it had to have been under two hours mm -hmm. but to that end like um I think when you have maybe less, you know, maybe you, you couldn't give up your sweet 16, but because there's a part of this is that is about doing good and having a mitzvah project and, and there being a religious ceremony attached to it, I think makes this decision a bit more understandably did, did, mature. Did you have to do a mitzvah project? When you were around that age? I did I, not. I, I didn't I did either. That was an interesting thing for the movie. Like, that's a thing. Like, learning... I do think it's an interesting thing that the movie found the space for. You know, the idea of, like, don't just do good things for, you know, to get yourself stuff. Just do it just because it's the right thing to do again. And, like, I thought it was a nice thing it kind of, like, consistently kept coming back to throughout the movie. And it found ways to kind of, like, note that, like, yeah, she's doing this volunteering, but it's just to, like, flirt with a guy. Or she's, like, you know, like, thinking about different things to do. Like, oh, I'm going to... You know, my, my, she actually put in her book of possible mitzvahs, like reconcile, reconciling with my best friend. Like, no, you should just do that because it's the right thing to do. Not because like you need to do a mitzvah for your bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. And then at the end, like in the credits, it's like, oh, they did a bake sale to give the charity. It's like, yeah, that's something that's taking your own time. That's not really about getting anything else, accomplishing anything else for you other than doing the right thing. And I thought that was like a, a nice thing for the girls to learn along the way as well. Listen, any other thoughts, any other things about the movie we didn't quite touch on that you wanted to touch on any, just any other bullet points we didn't get to. I have a couple, so no big deal if you don't have any, just wanted to give you a chance to shout anything you didn't already get to touch on yeah i know we've been talking really well about the film the whole time and i i think it was a great film and i recommend it for everyone but i do want to give a little bit of some more pain points that i had with it i would say honestly mm. um in the first act of the film i was kind of like oh where is this going it was a little bit shaky for me because it felt like a hannah montana transition for the first like 15 minutes <laughs> We had a minute or two of dialogue and then it would be some huge pop song and transition over into the next scene. And I was like, okay, the script is a little bit weaker in the first bit for me because it was like dialogue, whoa, whoa. And then like next thing. And I was like, wow, the music budget is really big. 
but also it kind of lost me because that's where the setup was. So for me, when a script just kind of has dialogue and no transition, um, I get confused as to where it's going, but thankfully the middle and the ending act, you know, of course pulled it together. So I will say. Interesting. That didn't jump out to me, but I'll have to go back and check for the notice. See if I notice anything like that next time I watch watch it. it, But also to those listening, if you are getting through the first 20, even maybe 30 minutes, keep pushing through because after that, it's such a joy that you forget that the first half was just kind of covered in uh, copyrighted music. And I really want to know what the budget of this film was. So I don't think of any other last minute things. It was a shocking joy to watch this film for some reason. And we need more Jewish representation. So um, please watch this film. There you go. Uh, Denise, anything else we didn't get to that you wanted to mention? No, I think... Lissa actually covered it. I, I also, there were like moments where there'd be a hard cut. And you were like, so what's, where are we? What's going on? We're at, we're at dubious Hebrew day school. That well, that's might the thing. Be I, was like... already kind of, I was already kind of lost anyway, because I couldn't figure out what the deal with the school was. Like we already talked about. So maybe I was, yeah, I was, I was like, just trying to figure what? that out. I wasn't noticing anything, anything, anything else with the editing because I was still thinking about what kind of school they were going to. Okay. Also quick note too. I wanted to add, sorry, speaking of Hebrew, if they can subtitle Hebrew, they should be able to subtitle anything like Hebrew is such a beautiful yeah. language, but I feel like it's so hard to train. I don't know. Not so hard, but we have a lot of people that can translate it, but I, feel I like, agree. Was there any subtitled Hebrew in this movie? Or I don't think they like had any like. No, because uh, it was tra- phonetic. It, it was, was so weird because it was phonetic. Yeah, I agree with you, Lisa. Yeah. It was like phonetic, but it wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't. What's it called when? No. Tran- transliteration. Yeah, there was no transliteration. It was just like. It was like subtitled Hebrew, but we didn't know what the English version of it was, if that makes sense. Right. I also like, uh, did we not? No, 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 that is the transliteration when it's just like, when it's spelling it out, spelling out the words in English, uh, but like how they would sound if you pronounced, read the Hebrew. Is that yeah. what you're saying was on the screen? Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't, I, I thought I thought you meant like, I thought you meant like if they were translating actual Hebrew words into English, they should be able to do that for Farsi or whatever. But like, oh, um, not specifically, but I was like, it was kind of beautiful to see Hebrew like written out on the screen, but they should have also translated it too for the folks that don't speak Hebrew. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, No, but like, I I think, no, no, no. Sorry. Go ahead, Josh. No, I, 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 no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, but like, I, uh, I mean, at the same time, sometimes like I, I'm fine with that when they do that. If it's just like you're being dropped into, into their world or whatever. I think, I feel like there was a, God, there was something I, I watched. Oh no, there, there were moments of Blue Beetle where they they didn't translate Spanish, and I was like kind of fine with it actually. Um, and it's a Torah; it's like very accessible, so people can do the research if they really want to. But it's, yeah. I mean, it's a fair it's a fair point. I, mm-hmm. I these are kind of nitpicky things, but like a we learn very little about what her Torah portion is. Okay, we don't need to know, but if there's some sort of plot point that can connect the the story I yeah, think I, I, yeah I was for a second I was wondering if she read through this from the same part of Exodus I did for my Torah portion I don't think she did I don't remember how I confirmed oh, no. that but I, I don't we, think she we was just, it's too dubious because she's like I think the rabbi is like wait you know it's about the golden calf and this like nobody ever kind of discusses what the golden calf like parable is about like to expound on the parable <laughs> like at least a little bit and I think also like when she finally starts kind of open confessional at the podium about like what it means i was like this is a wendy's like i think that felt a bit like <laughs> it didn't know what i'm saying like i was like, I sp- like they, they spelled out a little bit too much of it yeah. yeah i don't really they, think they, any, any tour portion told, would get to the, yeah not showed you know right, i don't i don't think so a tour portion writing. would ever yeah i don't think a tour portion would ever devolve into like someone giving a speech about why they broke up with their best friend and then a rabbi telling them to leave the, leave in the middle of the brat mitzvah you know like yeah. uh, so like I, I kind of agree maybe that could have been a little cleaner even if i 
didn't ultimately mind how they resolved the the conflict between Stacy and Lydia. My, my few bullet points, one, just one part of acting I really enjoyed from Sonny. There were a couple moments where like during the, during the ongoing fight with Lydia, where they kind of came together and had a conversation here or there, where it was like very tense between them because like a lot of the, they weren't necessarily like, directly talking for a good chunk of the movie but like there's the one moment where like she goes up to her in school and like like lydia makes the comment to her about you wouldn't know anything about why someone's saying i have a hair on my nipples would you and like stacy like suppresses a smile i thought that was a good piece of acting like she like you can almost tell she smiles but then like covers it up really fast and there was also a moment like that where uh they she confronts her at the mall after she uh andy has broken up with her because like lydia kind of like you know or because Stacy kind of poisoned him by talking about her lying about her first kiss or something like that. And she's like, uh, well, you did lie about that. And just the way she had a couple of moments like that, where she was like, when Stacy was just being her worst to Lydia, I thought was actually some of the best acting. Uh, it was really interesting to see, to see Sonny pull that off. I liked the scene with the old ladies at the bar, at the, at the bar mitzvah when they were sitting at the table and uh, they were kind of, she was talking to them about how she had this fight with her. And these old women were like, kind of talking about like, oh no, I had a fight with my best friend. Then she jumped off a roof or whatever. And like, it was, it was nice watching the elderly ladies kind of like, you know, give their, pass their wisdom on. I just appreciate that. And last one, I thought the Kenner, Kenner Jerry was pretty funny. Um, and how he kept turn, t- trying to turn stuff into a song like so quickly, so quickly. And I like, kept playing a song every every time anything happened. Like, And then he started trying to do it, too, uh, at some point in the middle of the bat mitzvah. And then like uh, Rabbi Rebecca, like just elbowed him. Uh, I just got to I got to kick out. Of, like, it was nice that they filled in the side characters like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's safe to say we'd all recommend this movie. Uh, I think we're we're, we're 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 close to going on as long as the movie did. So probably about time to wrap up. But that's just you know if we, if if you can talk for almost an hour and a half about an hour and forty minute movie, then you know it must be a good one. So I think that's a good endorsement we can give for it. Uh, before we log off of here, uh, Lisa, anything else you've been watching recently you would like to recommend to the listeners? Oh my gosh, well I have actually a very special recommendation today. Mm. Um, something is. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say because it's public, okay. but you can watch all six short films of Launchpad season two on mm. Disney Plus on September 29th. So awesome! Uh, I'm very fortunate enough to be a produce executive producer on all of them, and they are all quite great. So I recommend you guys go check that out September 29th. And then what else have I been watching that I recommend to folks? Ooh, can I, I can rec- recommend a TV show, right? You can recommend a book. You can recommend an article you read, anything. What am I reading? <laughs> Honestly, on the topic of I'm Judy, just saying anything you want. Yes. Um, on the topic of Judy Bloom, I'm reading a book called You Can Have Better Periods. And it's actually a great book. So I recommend that if you're a teenager listening to this or an adult woman, because we're all figuring it out, or anyone with a uterus. Um, but Honestly, also just, probably someone people without uterus could probably uh learn something from it too. That's know? true. It's full circle. So anyone who is in the teenage it is in like the figuring you know, it maybe, out. No, maybe maybe the main person you should be recommending it to is like Republican lawmakers over the age of 70, you know? Yeah, is our demographic <laughs> in Florida, right? <laughs> That's a good book too, if you're interested in that. But then I also just finished the I just finished The Crowded Room from Apple TV um with Amanda Seyfried and Tom Holland, and that was incredible. What was that about? What's it about? Do you have like a two-sentence elevator pitch as to what it's about? Logline, can I give it? So basically, Tom Holland is dying. Uh, is um, Tom Holland's character murders folks in this certain event, and Amanda Seyfried is a psychiatrist slash lawyer, um, and she takes Tom's case and basically discovers that he is sorry, is a bipolar, schizophrenic, which is one multiple multiple personality disorder. I forgot which one it is. Basically, Tom Holland has multiple personality mm. disorder. 
and Amanda has to go through these sessions to figure out um, which one of them killed the people, which one of them killed it. And to prove to the jury that he is like clinically insane and you should not try him. And so it's kind of really emotional, the back and forth. And it's in the, this is us style of TV where you see the show through flashbacks and everything kind of makes sense at the end. So I'll have to wait till I'm in a very particular mood to check that one out, but I I appreciate the recommendation. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Also, I appreciate the fact that you're a hotshot executive producer now and you still decide to hang out with us sometimes. Uh, Denise, anything uh, you've been watching recently you'd like to recommend? Yeah. So actually I've been on so many plane rides recently (laughs) that I finished Cersei. I don't know if either of you have read it. What's that? Um, Cersei is by Madeline Miller. If you've heard of Song of Achilles, Madeline Miller essentially is taking these very prized sorts of Greek myths and turning them into kind of historical fiction, Um, but like really delving into minor characters like um, Achilles has suffers from the and they were roommates kind of like how we treat gay and uh, lesbian like. Um, you know, characters and myths and and it, of lore of, of the past. So it's like what's kind of known is that Patroclus, I think is, I, I didn't pronounce that properly, but like that was, he was really Achilles lover. And like that hasn't really been delved into until like very recently. And so I had read that book and it, you know, if you like learning about the Trojan War, read that one. Mm. But Circe is really about a very minor character in um, the Odyssey particularly. Um, and she's this kind of, uh, I don't want to spoil things, but she's this kind of like mysterious uh, nymph. So like daughter of a god who ends up really having this very interesting story. And much of it takes place on an island. So you're in this first person sort of perspective. And you would think, oh, what, what do you have to say over the course of 400 pages, most of which taking place on an island? But it's like very gripping. So if you like you know greek mythology of any kind if you like prose that feels really lyrical just like an epic poem would read then you should definitely read circe i would recommend it it's a very interesting recommendation uh i would say i, I already mentioned both of these earlier but i just reiterate uh bottoms is really good uh it's the you know uh ms elegman's follow-up to 2021 shiva baby which again uh denise joined us on the podcast for like i talked about earlier how one of the things i really appreciate about this and are you there goddess me margaret is that like the movies are you know like they're they're they're, they're really taking the characters seriously and meeting them at their level and they're it's very very grounded bottoms is not exactly that it, it's 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 a very heightened comedy about these two uh lesbian girls in high school who decide to start a fight club so they can sleep with some cheerleaders and some of the fight scenes are you know not exactly grounded in reality and that is perfectly fine because the movie is incredibly funny and it stars Rachel Sennett and Io Edebiri, who a lot of people know because they're just blowing up in, in a lot of things right now. And uh, but amongst other things, has a, a deep supporting cast of act- mostly of, of a lot of act- young actresses you've never seen before. Uh, so I'm uh, so I, I'm really excited for people to check it out. It seems like it's done a pretty good job so far, and it's just a really funny movie with a lot of dense jokes. Like I'm gonna go see it again, even though because I, I already saw it yesterday, and like I've already read a couple things and realized I missed a bunch of jokes that are just going on in the background because it's that kind of movie. Uh, also, I like I mentioned earlier, uh, Sammy Cohen, who directed uh, "You Are So Not Invited" my bat mitzvah. Her first film to, is 2022's Crush. It is on Hulu. It's only like 90 minutes long, so not a huge commitment if someone wants to check it out. And that, that's about a, a girl played by Rowan Blanchard, who uh, is caught in a little bit of a love triangle in high school between uh, two girls who are sisters. 
so it's uh, yeah. So it's it, 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 I, I don't want to explain all the plot machinations as to how that happens, but it's you know it's a different kind of love triangle movie. That's a, a different kind of you know queer story from maybe others that people have not seen on screen before. Uh, so I just uh, I, again that was one where like maybe some of the some of the writing in the first third of uh, that bothered Lissa and you were so not invited my, my bar mitzvah, by my bar mitzvah. I might, I might've actually noticed more moments like that in crush, but on the whole, it's still like a really entertaining movie also stars, um, Ollie Cravalo, who people might know from, you know, she was, you know, I guess the, the, the lead voice in Moana, but like, she's done a few other live action things, including like another Netflix movie called all together now. And I, don't really remember any of the other actors in off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Megan Mullally plays uh, Rowan Blanchard's mom and is really funny like she always is. So just uh, just a nice little movie that's like, you know, not too long of a time commitment, easily available on Hulu. So highly recommend that. Uh, Lisa, you already did a personal plug for it, which I'm really glad you did for the launch pad. But so do you have anything else you need to plug before we get out of here? Oh, what else do I need to plug? Um, Pretty enigmatic know- on social media these days. So I didn't really want to uh, make you go there. So, you know. Oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty inactive or too active. I said, I said, I said enigmatic. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say. Um, I post too much on Instagram, but if you want to follow oh, okay. me, <laughs> I'm at Lissa Koch, K-H-O-S-H. And then I'll definitely post about our films being premiered and we'll be at a few film festivals. So if anyone is at Hawaii International Film Festival or Imagination uh-huh. Or new filmmakers in LA, I'll be there. So come say hi. <laughs> uh, that's, that's 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 so cool. Uh, Denise uh, is on Letterbox. It was a rom com. I, I, she's popping in there yeah, still every perfect. now. Perfect. Popping in every now, still there. So that's that, that's the one thing I knew uh, Denise would want to promote in this particular form. As usual, I'm Josh Renovoy, J O S H J U R N O V O I on both Twitter and Letterbox. Though I'm still like three months behind in posting stuff on Letterbox, but you know you can still any movie I've seen prior from like you know mid 2016 through like j- beginning of June 2020. Like I, there's something, even if it's just a sentence, I've written about it on Letterbox because I'm just anal about having something written about everything. So that's why it's just taking me forever to get caught up because you know life is busy and I still am doing the podcast every week. Uh, and the podcast Twitter is at Real Movie Pod. Podcast email is realmoviepod at gmail.com. Coming up next on the podcast, I haven't figured out exactly when I'm going to do it. I might do something. I'm probably going to do something on bottoms. I just got to want to see it again because, again, like I said, really dense movie. I want to be able to pick up on more jokes before I talk about it. I also saw Gran Turismo last week, which like looked like a silly movie, but it seemed like one that was like worth checking out in the theaters uh, if you were ever going to watch it because it's about like race car driving and stuff like that. And I actually had a really fun time with it. And I'm maybe I'll talk about that. I don't know, but we'll have something next week. Just haven't figured it out yet. So as usual, I want to thank Denise and Lisa for joining me. It's always so fun when they are able to come together and uh, join the podcast at the same time. Uh, And I want to thank all of you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.